Is your child struggling with a specific subject or need help with homework? Are they asking questions that you're not sure you can fully answer? IXL Learning is an online learning program for kids. It covers math, language arts, science, and social studies. IXL is designed. This program will improve your kids' grades. Studies done in almost every state in the country. The kids who had IXL are consistently doing better. Powered by advanced algorithms, IXL gives the right help to each kid no matter the age or personality. And it doesn't have to eat up all your time. One subscription gets you everything for all the kids in your home, pre-K to 12th grade. So don't miss out. One in four students in the U.S. are learning with IXL. IXL is used in 95 of the top 100 school districts in the U.S. Make an impact on your child's learning. Get IXL now. And listeners can get an exclusive 20% off IXL membership when they sign up today at IXL.com audio. Visit IXL.com audio to get the most effective learning program out there at the best price. Knowing how to speak and understand a new language can be an invaluable tool when traveling, meeting new friends, or just even to master a new skill. But it's not always simple when you're bogged down by textbooks and structure classes. That's why so many people trust Rosetta Stone. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program, available on desktop or as an app. It truly immerses you in the language you want to learn, like Spanish, French, Italian, Chinese, and more. You won't just be studying English translations. The Rosetta Stone intuitive process helps you pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com rs10. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com rs10 today. Support for this podcast comes from Frito-Lay in the 2023 Snack Bracket Championship. The Frito-Lay Snacket Challenge is underway, and fans are voting on their favorite snacks to crown champion. We're talking about primetime matchups between the best 64 snacks in the land. Will Ruffles Ridges reign supreme? Can Doritos defend their dynasty? Or will Smart Food use their smarts for a surprise upset? Only you can decide. Get in on all the action for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. Let your snacks be heard. Just go to Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void where prohibited. Here's worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. A new head coach and boy genius, Mike McDaniel, the fastest cheetah to ever roam the football field, and an actual left tackle? Let me check your pulse if you're not fired up. Before we jump into a fresh episode of Finsider Radio, Jake and Josh want you to please, please, please hit that subscribe button if you haven't yet. Subscribing to the show is the best way to know when Jake and Josh have something cooking in the kitchen. iTunes, Spotify, it doesn't matter. Following helps others find the show, and we want to thank you for that. Now, let's talk some dolphins. Rise and shine, wake and bake. Welcome in, Dolphins, to a brand new Miami Dolphins podcast, SB Nation's Finside Radio, the Jake and Josh Show. I am your host, Josh Houts. You can follow me on Twitter, at Houts, H-O-U-T-Z. And normally, I am joined by my co-host, the greatest in the world, the one, the only, at J-M-E-N-D-E-L-94, Jake Mendel. 
is unfortunately not with me today. So I'm going to try to do this Han Solo. This could be by far the worst podcast in the history of the world, but we're going to give it a shot. We know the Miami Dolphins play tonight against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. They had joint practices all week. We will get into more of that in the second half of this podcast. But right now, I want to get on here and just talk about the depth chart, give initial thoughts on that. I mean, I did break it down on SB Nation's The Finsider. Check it out, thefinsider.com. We did discuss it on there a little bit, but, um, you know, Jake and I were playing tag on Tuesday. Couldn't make it work. Baby's teeth are growing in. Wednesday, he got out of work late. Thursday, um, timing was just off. So he is now in Boston. So I'm coming on here. He wanted to get two pods done. We're getting one done. It's going to be a little pregame. Hopefully, this is about 30 minutes. If you don't want to hear about the depth chart, fast forward to like the 15, 16-minute mark. Hop in there. You know, we'll preview the Bucks game. But for now, I really just want to go over the depth chart. I mean, we look at the wide receiver position. They have Jalen Waddle listed as the starter on one side. Obviously, that makes sense. Wide receiver two. The other side, Tyreek Hill. Um, behind Tyreek Hill, we got Cedric Wilson Jr., Behind Jalen Waddle, Preston Williams. We know Preston Williams sounds like he wants to get traded. Sounds like he eventually will get traded. So, um, you know, him being that high on the depth chart says to me that the Dolphins want to showcase his skill set, maybe try to get a draft pick for him. Then Trent Sherfield's behind him, Muhammad Sanu behind him, and then Eric Azucoma. Um, based on reports, Eric Azucoma has been tearing it up. So I don't think I'd put too much stock into this. Um, behind Hill, we got again Cedric Wilson. Lynn Bowden Jr., River Crawcraft. So, to me, this says they want to showcase Preston Williams on Saturday. We're going to see a lot of Eric Azucoma. I'm excited to see that. Excited to see, you know, how much Cedric Wilson does. Maybe Lynn Bowden Jr. I mean, that's still a guy that I'm holding out hope for. But as far as wide receivers are concerned, outside of Preston Williams being listed that high, and again, I understand completely why he is. Nothing was that big of a surprise. The thing that jumped out to me most was that Mike McDaniel's first step chart had two running backs listed. Both Chase Edmonds and Raheem Mostert were listed as the Dolphins starters. Obviously, Alec Ingold is the fullback. But to have Mostert and Edmonds both listed as starters, I mean, someone joked that they'd be running the wishbone offense. But to me, this just means Mike McDaniel does not know who the starter is. Um, as we've seen in the past with San Francisco and you know, the way they run things there. I mean, that is a proven system where any running back can just jump in and pretty much seemingly have success. So, yes, Raheem Mostert has familiarity with that system, but I, again, think Chase Edmonds will be that de facto one. But at the end of the day, it, all that matters is what they do in preseason. All that matters is what they show Mike McDaniel. And behind Edmonds, we have Sony Michelle, behind Mostert, Gaskin, Ahmed, Dokes, and Zaquandre White. I mean, I got to be honest, Zaquandre White – as a player that I'm stoked to watch this weekend, watch throughout the preseason. Think he's going to end up on the practice squad, but you, you just never know. And then Salvin Ahmed, Miles Gaskin. I mean, if you look at what San Francisco did, they kept four running backs and a fullback. I kind of don't know if that's where the Dolphins will lean with how loaded that receiving core is. But if they were to do that, I mean, it would come down to Gaskin and Ahmed then. You know, they'd obviously keep Mostert. Obviously, we keep Edmonds, Sony Michelle, and then. At that point, you're just flipping a coin between Gaskin and Ahmed. I think Gaskin could save upwards of $1 million if they cut him, but then I just don't know what you would do there. I mean, we go back and forth all the time on this podcast. Gaskin, Ahmed last season. I'm starting to lean Ahmed again, so that would kind of be where I'd be. I think those would be my four running backs if you're keeping four. And then Jared Dokes, if you want to throw him on the practice squad, I'd probably just Quandre White over him. But again, this running back depth chart did not surprise me. Fullback. I mean, they had John Levitt uh, listed behind Alec Ingold, but again, that's Alec Ingold's spot. 
And then at tight end, I mean, we already saw one of the dominoes try to fall. Adam Shaheen was listed fifth on the depth chart. The Dolphins tried to flip him uh, to the Houston Texans. He actually failed a physical, so that never went through. So between the time we were going to podcast and by the time this podcast came out, uh, Adam Shaheen is still with the Dolphins, even though they tried to trade him for, I believe it was a sixth-round pick. They were trading Shaheen and a seventh to move up uh, to get a sixth-round pick. So nothing crazy there, but, I mean, it just goes to tell you what the Dolphins think of Adam Shaheen, I guess, and, again, what they think of this loaded tight end group. We got Mike Gesicki listed as tight end one, then behind him Smythe, long behind him, and then Seathan Carter, and let's not forget Connor Tanner. I mean, he's making plays. We keep continue to hear his name uh, throughout training camp. So, again, nothing – no no big surprise here, but again, the two running backs kind of shocked me. And then to see Preston Williams listed high. And then let's flip over to the offensive line. I mean, I don't think, again, that there's anything too crazy here. Austin Jackson listed as the starting right tackle. Robert Hunt at right guard. Connor Williams at center. Liam Eikenberg at left guard. And then Teron Armstead at left tackle. I do not think we will see any Teron Armstead you know, this weekend. A lot of the starters probably won't play this weekend especially after what happened for the New York Jets. I do need to you know, throw this out there. This podcast was recorded um, right now. It's 12-18. The entire house is sleeping. But um, you got your thoughts and prayers go out to Zach Wilson. At least mine do. I mean, uh, we control and do all that stuff, but you never want to see someone get hurt like that. They don't know what the exact injury is, but thoughts and prayers out to Zach Wilson because, again, that's not the way you want to see this year pan out. You never want to see a team's franchise quarterback go down. And then bring that back full circle. Again, I think Mike McDaniel alluded to it. Uh, doesn't really expect to a tongue of a low to play. He saw enough throughout this week against Tampa Bay, which again, we'll talk about in the second half. Saw enough throughout practices and things like that to, you know, feel confident enough that they can sit him despite learning a new system, despite learning a new offense. Um, just to run through the depth chart quick for the offensive line, we got Larnell Coleman behind Armstead. Um, Panky's there behind Eichenberg. Blaze Andres is behind him. Uh, behind Connor Williams, we got Dieter back. Dieter is back at practice. Bonwart's behind him. Robert Jones has been surprising people at camp. I think Omar Kelly shouted him out as one of the only other, you know, depth uh, offensive linemen that really stood out throughout camp. So that's definitely someone to watch throughout preseason. Solomon Killey, man, he's down third on the depth chart at right guard. That's a little concerning, especially when we gave out his jersey last uh, season. Um, then behind Austin Jack. We have Greg Little and Kellen Deesh. I hope to God we do not need to see Greg Little or Kellen Deesh for that matter, you know, at all this season. And saying that, I mean, am I that confident in Austin Jackson? Absolutely not. So offensive line, I mean, again, it all looks on paper. When you're looking at it in front of your face, everything seems to be what's been reported at camp. But again, a lot of this is going to come down to preseason. A lot of these battles are going to be decided over the next few weeks. So that was the offensive side of the football. Now let's take a look over the defensive side. I really don't think there's anything crazy here on the defensive side. Obviously, starting defensive ends are Emmanuel Agba, uh, Christian Wilkins. Behind Wilkins, we got Zach Steeler, the most underrated player in all of football. Behind him still. And then at nose tackle behind Raekwon Davis, we have John Jenkins, Jingleheimer Smith, Benito Jones. Agba has Porter Gustin backing him up. And Carney Jr. at linebacker, the starters right now, Outside linebacker Jalen Phillips, obviously, um, looking to take a huge step, you know, in year two. Landon Roberts is a starting inside linebacker. Jerome Baker is also a starting inside linebacker. Then Melvin Ingram got the nod over Andrew Van Ginkle. Obviously, he's a vet. Obviously, he's a guy who's had so much success throughout the league. But I guess that one was a little bit surprising to me, just how quickly, I guess, Ingram 
supplanted Van Ginkle. But again, I mean, they're on two different tiers, you know, when they're both in their prime. So that might have been a little bit of a surprise to me. But let's be honest, when they're both healthy, uh, you know, when they're both in their prime, Melvin Ingram is on an entirely different tier than Andrew Van Ginkle. But that's not to say that Van Ginkle can't get there. So um, that, I guess, is a battle to watch throughout camp. Um, But I do think Melvin Ingram will kind of get that nod, be that starter and be a versatile piece in Josh Boyer's defense uh, behind Ingram and Van Ginkle. We got got Cameron Good, but then we need to turn to the secondary, one of the Miami Dolphins' strongest units. Obviously, Xavier Howard's going to be the number one corner, that shutdown guy that, um, you know, the Dolphins move around with that number one wide receiver, right? A guy that can just shut down a Tyree kill, can shut down just about any receiver in the game today. Opposite of him, during the regular season, we are hoping and praying it'll be Byron Jones. But as for now, Nick Needham will fill that spot. Obviously, Nick Needham has some uh, familiarity playing on the outside, filled in for Xavier Howard before. So he will take over for Byron Jones throughout preseason. Um, Hopefully that does not, you know, again, go into the regular season. But um, I'm confident what Nick Needham can do, especially in the slot that he does have some familiarity there. So I guess it could be a lot worse. But um, we're all hoping and praying Byron Jones is back because with X, with Byron Jones and Nick Needham, man in the slot, I mean, that's a pretty damn good trio. So um, get healthy soon, Byron Jones. Hope you're out there for week one. Um, Back to the depth chart behind Xavier Howard is Keon Cross, and that is a guy that Javon Holland made sure he named throughout this week as a player that's just balling out behind him, Kahoo, and then Ross, and then behind Nick Needham again, that is Byron Jones. Noah Igbenogany and Trill Williams, I would not be surprised one bit uh, based off the week, based off the practices, based off everything that we heard. If Trill Williams does inevitably, you know, leapfrog Noah Igbenogany, hopefully that's not true because that would be a um, – catastrophic bust you know that would be one of the most epic busts in Miami Dolphins history when you look at Jonathan Taylor um I think Cesar Ruiz was gone but you could have had your pick at running back there were some linebackers available I mean um though there was a laundry list of players that they could have had over Noeg Benogany and I'm going to continue to point the blame and point that finger at Brian Flores because again I go back to a Barry Jackson article where he was in the room teaching those Auburn players and um, as of now, Noeg Benogany does not seem like he's translating at all to the NFL level. Safety, uh, Javon Holland, no surprise there, starting, I guess, quote-unquote free safety. But then Brandon Jones is listed ahead of Eric Rowe. I mean, um, he's starting to become a fan favorite. He's a guy who's young, can do some things at Eric Rowe camp, but I guess that might have been uh, something maybe, I guess maybe you could see Eric Rowe starting over Brandon Jones. I mean, that wouldn't be that crazy to think so. Um, that may have been a little bit of a shocker. Behind Rowe, we got Clayton Fagilium. Uh, behind Javon Holland, we have Tedrick Redwine, Wilson, and McKinley the third. I'm excited to see what McKinley the third can do in preseason. Again, I will get into all of that in the second half of this podcast. But to round this out, the first step chart of the 2022 NFL season for the Miami Dolphins, the first step chart under head coach Mike McDaniel. He has Raheem Moster, Jalen Wild, Chase Emmons, and Noah Igbenogany listed as kick returners. And then at punt return, he has Tyree Kill, Jalen Waddle, Javon Holland, Preston Williams, Deadman, and Lynn Bowden Jr. So, so we always talk about Madden. I mean, this honestly looks like Mike McDaniel just booted up that system, auto reordered that depth chart, and he's going with the best players. I mean, he had a press conference a few days ago where he said um, special teams yards are no different than you know 
yards given up by defense or yards through the air on offense. I mean, being able to shift the field with a guy like Tyreek Hill or Raheem Moster, Jalen Waddle. I mean, those are playmakers. I know I went on a ramp before when Preston Williams, I think it was his rookie year undrafted free agent. I went, I went a little bit nuts, you know, upset that the Dolphins would possibly think of putting this six foot, you know, this large player back there to return punts way too valuable to this team. I'm a clown. Okay. I'll be honest. I, overhyped Preston Williams that I'm still doing that to this day, but you can kind of see what Mike McDaniel's saying about, you know, you put your best players out there. As soon as that ball's in their hands, they're getting 15, you know, 10, 20 yards, you know, shifting the field, you know, that 10, 20 yards could be the difference between a winner or a loss. So I don't hate it, but I certainly do not love it. Not when you're paying what Tyree kills, you're what hundred and, um, and dude, that guy's making so much money. Jalen Waddle, you can see what type of superstar he is. I mean, Raheem Mostert, I mean, I'd rather not see him back there, but you can understand from the speed. You can understand when you look at the receipt, uh, the running back room. I mean, you can understand why you want to get Raheem Mostert some touches, but um, Jalen Waddle, Tyreek Hill, I feel a little uneasy, but um, those guys are both dynamic playmakers. They have both returned punts before and kicks before. So, um, I can understand where Mike McDaniel's coming from, and we are all going to be sitting there, you know, on pins and needles, feeling like we're watching Devin Hester return punts because um, it's going to be exciting every time one of those guys get their hands on the football. But I think that's enough about the depth chart. Let's jump into a break, and when we come back, let's just discuss some of the things that we heard between the Miami Dolphins joint practices with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and preview tonight's matchup between these two teams as week one of the preseason kicks off later tonight. Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com. With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to cars.com. It's magical. So what's up, guys? We are back again. This is a Hout Solo podcast. Jake was not able to join us. Um, he's in Boston living his best life. Follow him on Twitter at JME. NDEL94. We talked about the depth chart. I talked about the depth chart a little bit in the first Half of the podcast. Now I want to shift my focus to tonight's matchup between the Miami Dolphins and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. The game is at 7.30 p.m. Um, I think you might have to get an illegal stream if you're not in the Miami Dolphins. Um, if, you know, if you're not in South Florida. But this is week one of the preseason. It does sound like Mike McDaniel is going to sit a lot of his starters. And he originally said some starters might play, some starters might not. But um, the more you heard about, you know, what he thought about Tua's practice habits, you know, how he performed against Tampa – I mean, we all saw it, man. Some of those throws were just right on the money. So, I mean, I understand why Mike McDaniel might want to uh, take precaution, especially after what just happened with the New York Jets. We're hoping and praying for Zach Wilson's speedy recovery that he is back this season. But that right there is a perfect example of why you don't want to go out there and in week one of preseason have Tua Tungvaloa throw on the rock, you know, even just one drive. I mean, you have to protect these players because it is a long and grueling 18-week season now. Obviously, they only play 17 games. So, uh, I think we will not see Tua have a low tonight. Maybe we won't even see Teddy Bridgewater. But, I mean, that opens things up for Skylar Thompson to do what everyone has said he's been doing throughout camp. Personally, 
I can't take him seriously until I see him with that visor back. I mean, you cannot wear a visor in college, come to the pros, and take that thing off. I mean, if he had that visor on, he might supplant Teddy Bridgewater. He might be that clear-cut quarterback, too. All jokes aside, I am stoked to see what Skylar Thompson can do better than anything they brought in, you know, to compete with Ryan Tannehill, right? So um, this is a guy who big game moments does big things. That's what Chris Greer, Mike McDaniel, they raved about him throughout the draft process. At receiver, I'm excited to see what Eric Ezukoma can do. I mean, we talked about him all offseason long. I showcased some of his film. I mean, this guy can go up and get the football. He's working on his route running. He is an absolute mauler with the ball in his hand. So I want to see how that translates, you know, when the lights come on. Limboden Jr., Preston Williams, those are also guys, you know, I'm big fans of. Hoping that, again, I hope Limboden Jr. can stick. You know, you hope Preston Williams can go out there and ball out and prove his worth to another team. But I just don't know if that'll happen. Braylon Sanders, I don't even know if I mentioned him when I was going through the depth chart, but this is a guy who's been turning heads at training camp. So I want to see what he can do when the lights come on. And then let's be honest, the entire offensive line. I mean, I don't care if it's the starters. Hopefully, Teron Armstead's not out there. Hopefully, Connor Williams is. I mean, we hear how he has some high snaps, how him and Tua Valor are staying after to work on those things. I want to see what he can do because as Mike McDaniel mentioned him being that type of player that, you know, you have to be a certain breed to play the center position. And as soon as he met Connor Williams, he could tell that he had that dog in him. You know, it's that meme with the dog in his chest. He had that dog in him. So I want to see Connor Williams in live game action. I want to see, you know, Austin Jackson. We don't really need to see Robert Hunt, right? I mean, we know that he's a stud. Liam Eichenberg. I mean, I want to see the way this offensive line works, not only the starters, but some of those depth guys. I mean, Jake has written down here, Larnell Coleman. Again, I mentioned Robert Jones uh, being one of those players that's really stood out throughout uh, preseason and minicamp. So uh, those are the guys I want to see step up. I want to see that this offensive line isn't an issue like uh, many of us think, right? I mean, if Connor Williams, God forbid, something happens to him. I mean, Michael Dieter was just in a boot a few weeks ago. I mean, left tackle would not be the same without Teron Armstead. Right tackle, obviously, still up in the air. But, I mean, you got to feel a little bit better about the way Austin Jackson's performed throughout all season and these joint practices. And then if we want to go to the running back room, I mean, I want to see the way Miles Gaskin, Salvin Ahmed, how they battle one another, how they separate themselves. And Zaquandre White, I mean, this is a guy who, again, an acorn, uh, I'm going to always say that, Jeff Ireland's acorn. This is a guy who can do a little bit of everything. He's a ball player that, you know, just puts his head down, grinds. He's going to find a way on the roster, you know, whether it's a practice squad or not. So I'm hoping that he can make some explosive plays with the football in his hand. And Jared Dokes, I mean, that's a feel-good story, right? I mean, Big E called that pick the night of the draft. So I want to see the way this running back unit, you know, starts to come into place after Chase Edmonds, Raheem Monster, and even Sony Michelle. I mean, maybe I keep, you know, counting my chickens before they're hatched with Sony Michelle. You know, maybe he is battling with Miles Gaskin, Salmon Man. Maybe he is not going to be guaranteed a roster spot. So that's all stuff I am hoping to see in the tight end position. I mean, we know what Kisicki can do. We know to an extent what Smythe can do. I mean, Shaheen, he's already on the way out, but Hunter Long, please do something, right? I mean, let's see you do something. Let's see you prove that you're better than Tanner Connor. I mean, that's what we're hoping to see tonight against Tampa Bay Buccaneers and then flash over to the defensive side of the football. For me, I was very pleased with what I saw on tape with Channing Tindall. I mean, this was a guy that could cover, uh, you know, could explode down to the line and stop the run, could set the edge a little bit, could blitz the quarterback off the edge. I mean, he could do a little bit of everything. I want to see what he can do when the lights come on. Again, in the middle of that defense. So we should see a ton of Channing Tindall be able to see if the Dolphins need a linebacker, right? I mean, we'll, we'll talk about some of those trade rumors at the end of the podcast because I was very passionate about Roquan Smith. But, I mean, if you see Channing Tindall go out there and ball out, you know, you see some of these other players 
go out there and ball out. Maybe you feel a little bit better about the linebacker position, but uh, we'll get into more of that at the end of the podcast. Another guy I really want to see the way he performs is Trill Williams. I mean, we saw him balling out um, practice with the Bucks. We saw him locking down some wide receivers. He made an interception in the end zone. I mean, all season long, you keep hearing how it's scary season, how the boogeyman's here and Trill Williams is going out there and making a name for himself. So let's see the way that is in live game action. I mean, I want to see another corner in this secondary step up Javon Holland mentioned Keon Cross, and let's watch him. Let's see what he can do um, in in preseason. Let's see if he can earn a spot on this roster because all the reports coming out of camp, you know, you're hearing about Cross and you're hearing about Williams. You're hearing about some of these guys, and until they go out there and, you know, prove it in game action, yes, again, it's preseason, it really doesn't mean anything, but you got to be pretty stoked for what you're hearing. And speaking of practice, let's just quick run down some of the things that we heard at joint practice. Again, I mentioned True Williams locking down wide receivers. We heard the Miami Dolphins offensive line was doing well the last day of practice. I believe it was Thursday. Reports coming out from both sides, especially Tampa Bay Buccaneers reporters just saying, you know, the Dolphins offense dominated the day. I mean, we all saw the clips of Tyreek Hill one, one-on-one and Jalen Waddle one-on-one. I mean, Let's be honest, those drills, I mean, they definitely benefited the wide receiver when they had the, you know, the entire field open at their disposal. But it is just Jalen Waddle and Tyreek Hill. I mean, you can just see that they are a different breed. I mean, they're beating the DBs off the line. You know, they're the DBs are then trailing them, you know, two or three yards after they get head faked into the oblivion. I mean, these are two talented talented wide receivers and I think Joe Shad of the Sun Sentinel said it best after I'm sure he saw my Photoshop but these are the Clayton brothers right I mean this is probably the most dynamic receiving core that this the Miami Dolphins have ever had outside of uh, you know the Clayton brothers you know Fryer McDuffie they were very good too um, I know we all loved Jarvis Landry and whoever was opposite of him and you know the list goes on and on but Jalen Waddle is a different breed of wide receiver Tyree Kill is just phenomenal and I mean I just I still cannot believe that they're part of the Miami Dolphins I can still cannot believe that this is Mike McDaniel's team and that is the offense that he's going to have a chance to to go out there and prove to the world that he has what it takes so um we saw some of that we heard Tua you know you saw the anticipation there was one throw to Tyreek Hill where he just fit it in between two three defenders and it was just pinpoint picture perfect sure there was that duck to Cedric Wilson I think Wilson was held and gets the spot uh you know fans were all up in arms you saw Barstool and Pro Football Focus and all these other websites you know pushing this one bad throw that Tua has Tua has been phenomenal this offseason I mean I again I'm not a practice I'm not a guy that lives in Florida I'm not at every camp but based on what you see on social media based on what you hear from everybody around Tua Tagovailoa has raised his game to an entirely different level, and when you think about that offensive line that they now have in place, when you think about all those weapons that they have, when you think about everything that they did to that defense, I mean, let's be honest, guys. They, we always say temper expectations, but there is no reason to temper expectations anymore. This, on paper, is one of the best Miami Dolphins team we've ever seen, and God willing, they can go out there, stay healthy throughout preseason, make their necessary cuts, and put all the bullshit behind them. I think that this Miami Dolphins team is going to be as special as any Miami Dolphins team that we have ever seen. But guys, that is it. It is 1.15. I apologize if this is, again, the worst podcast of all time. I think it went pretty good. Um, we will do much better next week getting out a preview podcast. We will do much better next week 
breaking down, you know, what's going on throughout the week at camp and, um, you know, this trade or that trade. We didn't even get to talk about trade rumors, right? I mean, let's talk about it real quick. Roquan Smith, a guy who I was so high on in the 2018 draft class, has over 500-plus tackles throughout his four-year career, was on the pup list, got taken off. You know, maybe the Chicago Bears are going to trade him, but that is an elite linebacker. That the Dolphins feel they need, they need to upgrade the linebacker position. That is the first place I would call. Sure, it would cost a first-round pick. Sure, it would cost a boatload of money in cap space. But when you look at the Miami Dolphins linebackers, three of them, I think, are all on one-year deals. I mean, we ran it back on one-year deals. So there's something there. And then Kareem Hunt, that's a name that keeps getting floated around. He will need a new deal next year as well. I don't know that the Dolphins make that trade. I don't think that they truly need a running back right now. Sure, Kareem Hunt would be probably RB1 as soon as he steps in there talent-wise. But Mike McDaniel loves Chase Edmonds. Mike McDaniel loves Raheem Mostert. So... If there were one of those guys, I would, you know, go all in on it. It would absolutely be Roquan Smith, but don't expect that to happen at all. But we came to this offseason needing a linebacker, and that would be a top five linebacker that would just completely shift everything. But again, I just don't think when you're looking at Christian Wilkins, when you're trying to figure out what to do with Mike Kosicki, when you got all these other impending contracts, I just don't think it can happen. But guys, we are out of time. It's officially 1.15 a.m. in the morning. I have to wrap this up, get some sleep, wake up in the morning, edit this podcast, and hopefully get it out in time for tonight's matchup. 7.30, Miami Dolphins, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Guys, if you like what you're listening to, as always, subscribe to the podcast. Leave us a five-star review on Apple or on Spotify. It really helps us out a lot. If you'd like to follow me on Twitter, follow me at Houts, H-O-U-T-Z. And again, Jake Mendel is at at J-M-E-N-D-E-L-94. We will announce the Madden 23 winner on the next podcast. But for now, guys, thank you so much for listening to this episode of SB Nation's Finside Radio, the Jake and Josh Show. I'm Josh Houts. In Boston is my boy, Jake Mendel. Enjoy the game tonight, guys. And most importantly, as always, fins up. That was Finsider Radio, part of the Finsider.com and the SB Nation Network. Miami has the Dolphins, the greatest football team. We take the ball from goal to goal like no one's ever seen. We're in the air, we're on the ground, we're always in control. And when you say Miami, you're talking Super Bowl, because we're the Miami Dolphins. Cause we're the Miami Dolphins.